Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Lexi, and this is God's Whole Story. And we are in so many of the Gospels again today, um, jumping around, but we have Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, we have Jesus choosing his disciples, um, and we have Jesus' first miracle. Uh, Lexi, what stood out to you in today's reading? Well... Let me just start by saying there's a lot of great stuff. I just feel like there's a lot of action happening. I know. Here. I don't know how we're going to get through the Gospels without like having crazy long episodes because yeah. there's so much happening. It's just it's just fun to read. <laughs> yeah. Like, this chunk specifically, there's so much cool stuff that's happening. Um, but just starting with Jesus' temptation right in the beginning, something that really stuck out to me was you see the devil using scripture. Like mm. the devil knows who God is. He knows yeah. the scriptures, which is something really important, I think, to realize. It's, and there's other verses that talk about, like, even the demons, like, know who God is. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're they're not – they know. They, he know. they know he's, like, God, mm-hmm. which is just shows that, like, God reigns above all. Yeah. And you can find so much comfort in that. Right. But – so anyway, the devil, like, you know, he's saying the scriptures. He's like, well, the scripture says this, like um, – I can't find it right now. But, <laughs> you know, he says, well, the scripture says this, so you should do this. And then Jesus comes back at him and he's like, well, the scripture also says this. And mm-hmm. he combats scripture. He, he uses scripture to, like, bring the truth and to combat the enemy. And, like, just what an example for us. Like, the enemy twists things, mm-hmm. you know. He takes a part of truth and twists it. And a lot of times – we can do that. We can take a part of God's word and people twist it mm-hmm. and it's out of context and not the full picture, not God's heart. You have to like take it in full context of the Bible and who God is and why that scripture is there. And I think the enemy is the first one that did that. So you yeah. <laughs> see that and then Jesus coming in and, you know, like saying what, saying the scripture in its actual context and how that combats the the lies of the enemy and what an example for us to know scripture. Like there's one mm-hmm. thing of reading scripture, but also like knowing it, like mm-hmm. memorizing scripture and being able to combat lies mm-hmm. as they come. Like that's something that I always want to grow in. Like when you know the word, it just can comp- – like it – when that lie comes, you're like, well, I know the scripture yeah. and what it says. And knowing what that scripture, like what it actually means, and right. which is how Jesus was able to combat this because he knows, he knows he God knows the Father. God. He, yeah. I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to actually study scripture for ourselves and know, um, okay, I heard this, but it doesn't align with who God is, his mm-hmm. character, what I know about the Bible to be true. And like, having those things in your mind as you're studying scripture helps us to keep the truth in our mind when we. Mm-hmm interact with maybe um, a point of view that's contrary to what the Bible actually teaches. Right. Um, yeah. I And also this, this temptation of Jesus is so um, critical for us to know who Jesus is that he, again, so he is God in the flesh um, and he, right. uh, he tells us that he's experienced everything that we'll, we'll experience when it comes to mm-hmm. temptation. And still doesn't sin. Um, it's important to recognize that. So, like, the part of this temptation is 
uh, a comfort for us, knowing mm-hmm. that Jesus was tempted. Right. Um, he was tempted by this, and this is what's recorded, but mm-hmm. I'm sure throughout the 33 years of his life, right. tempted by so many other things and right. still never sinned. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the beautiful picture of like the God man that Jesus is, that he is fully man mm-hmm. and fully God. Um, and only a fully person who's fully man and fully God could be the sacrifice for our sins because right. he is the only person that could withstand the wrath of God mm-hmm. um, and withstand temptation like he did. Yeah. And like, we can never say like, well, Jesus just doesn't understand. He does. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like in anything that we experience and then like with temptation, like Jesus experienced it mm-hmm. and it's so comforting to know that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that God yeah, in human form experienced every thing that we experience. Right. And it's not necessarily to be like this unattainable thing. Like it's not supposed to be discouraging to think, oh, well, he experienced and he didn't sin. It's just, it's it's a hope and a comfort to know that our savior is perfect. Yes. (laughs) And our hope rests Mm -hmm. in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is the start of his ministry. That's always been fascinating to me. Like he went through this temptation before his ministry began Mm -hmm. and like that, like, I guess in a way equipped him. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was put to the test mm-hmm. really and just refined through the temptation. And then yeah. boom, he's off into ministry. And even when even like the way it says is that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Like mm-hmm. that was the purpose of the wilderness right. temptation. Um mm-hmm. and he and he fasted <laughs> for forty days and forty nights. Crazy. I can't even at this point fast for like fifteen minutes. So <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So we also have, uh, Jesus choosing his disciples, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, I love this story of Jesus looking at these men who are going to follow him for the next three years of his ministry and choosing them and showing them, I mean, right off the bat that he's like, yeah, I'm God. (laughs) (laughs) I know all about you. (laughs) Um, but I love, I love the verse. I have loved it for a long time of Jesus looking intently at Simon mm-hmm. and saying, you're going to be called Peter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like that, that name change and that the meaning that that brought to Peter, mm-hmm. I'm sure just as he continued in his ministry, well, after Jesus died and um, ascended, mm-hmm. of just knowing that Jesus looked at him and called him something different. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Yeah. It's yeah. very personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anything stick out to you um, in the wedding at Cana, his very first miracle? Yeah. Um, (laughs) super interesting that this is the first miracle that he performs. Um, I was just thinking a lot about that and just like, why, like, why didn't he raise somebody from the dead or, you know, heal somebody of a disease Mm -hmm. or whatever? Like, you know, he didn't come in here with this big boom, powerful, like, look at me. Like, I truly am God. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the Messiah. It was this subtle, like, I'm going to turn water to wine and, um, like not everyone even here is going to realize. Not, yeah, it's not even a big deal. Right. <laughs> it's just like, it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> like, again, the humility just all over this. And like, obviously the disciples saw this, his close friends and family that were there, um, the servants or anyone who was like, you know, there in the moment. But like, also they're at the end of the night of this wedding and like, you know, people were like mm-hmm. <laughs> drinking a lot and stuff yeah. like that. So pro- people were probably so unaware. Right. They're just like, oh, great, more wine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But I think this it's so cool that I like I'm picturing this and I'm reading this and I'm thinking I 
it feels like a miracle he just did for his disciples and yeah. like the people that were closest to him. Yeah. We kind of talked about that a little bit before we were recording, but yeah. like, yeah. like these people saw his humility and mm-hmm. his divinity all in one night of just like, wow, this is actually the son of God. Yeah. Um, and they believed him. It says his disciples believed in him. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so cool. Yeah. And like, also when I've read this story before too, I'm like, it's such a like, like, silly thing you think of like why this why a miracle where he's turning water to wine like it just kind of reminds me that like god like is in the little things you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it was not necessary but like right god does things for us like all the time that are so unnecessary Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not vital like you know i don't know it's just god's in the the day-to-day with us and i feel like that kind of shows that here and then he, him on a personal level. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, and then the last thing that we read about today is Jesus clearing the temple, which is a pretty famous piece of scripture mm-hmm. that people use all the time or refer back to. Jesus um, flipping tables. Flipping tables. <laughs> um, one of the greatest things I've heard about uh, that I always think about when it comes to like people and anger and like when people are like, well, Jesus got angry too. Right. Um, and... I heard it somewhere on a podcast where they were just like, hey, if you think that your anger reaches the righteous level of (laughs) Jesus's anger, like you might want to take a step back Mm. and think about. Right. Like, I think we see this instance of Jesus getting angry and flipping tables and think like, yeah, let's flip some tables. Right. right. But it's like, hold on. (laughs) He's like the son of God and he can only have righteous anger. Right. (laughs) So like. perfect. (laughs) Maybe maybe take a step back. Mm. But yeah. <laughs> these last two verses <laughs> are so funny to me. So after these miraculous signs and after all these things, people in Israel begin to trust him. Um, but it says, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is so funny, but also just a, a, another like look at how he's fully human. Right. Like, he knows how fickle the human heart can be and how right. our minds work and like just how depraved we are when it comes to sin mm. um but <laughs> no one needed to tell him about human nature he knew about you know it was in each person's heart <laughs> we um, don't trust people because yeah. we know about people but he's the whole nother level <laughs> right exactly so again i think this is a cool picture of just seeing god as fully mm-hmm. or seeing jesus fully god and fully human fully human and knowing how the human heart works and like right. experiencing it and fully fully god because he knew what was in each person's heart and right. like right. yeah i don't know yeah, Pretty and just back to him flipping tables and stuff. When I read this story, I see like he's like he, he's just God is just, and like I see Jesus like get up, like I see his like frustration because he loves God mm-hmm. so much, and he sees like the temple being misused, mm-hmm. and like I don't know, I feel like it's like him protecting. I I don't know. I just this image of like out of love, like. Why would you use the temple in this way? Yeah. Like, stop it. Like, this is my father's house. Yeah, it's supposed to be the place where people come to meet God. Yeah. And yeah. yeah like, I, I that's how saying. I see it. Like, how could you do this? Like, I just, I like see the emotion right. in, in him, like, out of that love for the right. father. Yeah, it's about love for God and his holiness, yeah. um, which again, it's like, how often do we get angry about? with our love for God and, and his holiness, like how often do we defend that? <laughs> Is right. that what we're getting angry about? <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, think about somebody that you love and if you're defending them in some way, they've been wrong. It's like, mm-hmm. it's that place of like, because you love them, yeah. and, you know, it's not just 
to be angry for to be angry right. or like to like be disrupt like disruptive or whatever. Yeah. It's because of the love and I mean we've never matched the, this level of just <laughs> yeah <laughs> righteousness. Like yeah, but I just think that's cool to point out. Yeah, definitely. Mark 1, starting in verse 12. And the Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. Luke 4. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for forty days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, The scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. But Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. John 1, 19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River, where John was baptizing. John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. 
Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know who he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And then he said, I tell you the truth, you will see heaven open and angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. John 2, 1. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This is a miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee. It was the first time Jesus revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. John two thirteen. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered the prophecy from the scriptures, Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, What are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. What, they exclaimed, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you can rebuild it in three days? But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. 
After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust him, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.